Welcome to Fit Facts Online Cut the Poll. Our tagline speaks for itself. Your roadmap to facts versus poll. We think about it often and shake our heads. Now is the time to grab the bull by its horns. Back by popular demand, Dr. Heath McAllister. Doc, we have so much email or so many emails coming in from our last episode when it comes to uh, IV nutritional. I think it shows us that we're on to something here. It pretty much affects everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, uh, I think it's worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. It just depends what country you're in where some people pay more attention to nutrition than other countries, right? Mm-hmm. Having less processed food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So Absolutely. I uh, I need to share some of the emails. from. Uh, I got an email from Switzerland, somebody saying everything we do is organic. So it's interesting uh-huh. what their take is on uh, nutrition. You right, know, right. Well, I think that also, you know, on that note, the, the level of restriction of things like GMO, and the restricted pesticide use and the way that you know fertilize artificial fertilizers may be applied all of that does impact the food chain yeah for sure and so you know they i think europe has done a lot of things right and the u.s has sacrificed a lot for productivity i know are we going to get in trouble for saying that yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> no what we're going to talk today is about sports recovery and performance supplementation mm-hmm which is a huge subject and I heard you talk to a few people before and I was just blown away and I knew that we have to put this down on tape mm-hmm. because uh, let me tell you anybody out there listening this is gonna this is gonna change your life you find something in this episode or it's gonna be two or three parts whatever I'm gonna snip together here it's useful for you mm-hmm. so when it comes to uh, supplementation uh, sports nutrition uh, you know, the first thing I wanted to tell you where everybody can relate, you go to any gym and you see people uh, going to the locker room, the first thing you see them is popping pills, mm-hmm. all kinds of performance. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure what it is. It could be creatine, right? It could be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What is your take on all of that? Sure. Well, I mean, obviously, this is the day and age of people wanting to, quote unquote, upgrade their bodies I or like that upgrade. biohack you know, the different terminology that gets used by Bulletproof these days that really percolates into our our popular lexicon. But, you know, the idea that we all know that in order to stay fit, we have to do some degree of physical exercise, but how can we capitalize on that and make it more efficient? And how can we recover faster after we've done a workout? So that's, you know, it's us trying to not cheat the system, but maximize our performance and maximize our recovery time. Yeah, and, and I get it, right? Time, I mean, it's it's pressure. Totally. Well, let's let's totally. let's say we are here in LA. I mean, does not. I don't think there's any other city in the world who is more pressure, puts more pressure on you than here. Sure. No matter where you go, everybody sure. just looks super fit. Uh huh. So of course you're gonna look at how can I enhance my performance. Uh, yeah. How can know. you get an edge? I mean, everyone wants to exactly. get an edge. Exactly. How, how do you get yeah. that? Yeah. And so there's some, you know, there's some basics in terms of, uh, you know, what 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 does your body require in order to uh, build muscle, tone muscle, lose fat, and recover from these workouts. Obviously, muscle is made up of protein. That's why if you go outside where I, you know, where my clinic is, we have a health food store outside of it, and there are, you know, 101 different types of protein powders. 
And, yeah. you know, it's right. certain degree it's a fad and another degree it's actually makes a lot of sense that if you don't have the raw building blocks for muscle, you, you ain't going to build muscle. So you got to have enough protein coming in. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily overload yourself with protein. You can, in certain cases, get into trouble and tax your kidneys if you do too much protein. Mm-hmm. But you need to have enough so that when your muscle fibers get ripped through a workout, and ripping means causing micro tears and damage, that's what workouts do, and that's intentional so that then your body can come in and fill in those gaps with, with new muscle and new protein fibers to you okay, know, myosin so and so forth. It, that would also depend on who you are, right? Mm-hmm. It can't sure. be the same for, for, for everybody. Well, I mean, it's the same in the sense that the only way you get bigger is by having protein and incorporating right. that protein into but the, the muscle. But the amount... The amounts are different. Is the amount different, is different, and the, the, the your... intensity of your workout also right. dictates how much maybe you should be taking of these things. Okay, that's something to consider when uh, everybody consider. goes out there buying. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question. I was always curious. There's two. Uh, we have two females here. Both of, both of them weigh 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, but there's a different on age. One person is 21, and the other person is. Uh, 41. Mm-hmm. Would that make a difference on what kind of intake they need on on supplementation? You know, in consider? terms of in terms of protein itself, I would say that if they're of the of the same weight and they're doing roughly the same intensity of workout with protein, I would say it's roughly the same, but as we age, we do accumulate more kind of collective insults to our body. We are exposed right. to more toxins for a longer period of time. We're exposed to exposed to more oxidative stress. And our cells are just older. We have shorter telomeres. We have older, older cells, and they are oftentimes start getting less efficient. So, you know, that's where you go down to another uh, conversation about talking about antioxidants and how do we preserve function and how do we uh, rescue cells from damage. So, in terms of protein intake, I would say they probably have a relatively the same uh, okay. intake if if they have the same weight, same intensity, same level of fitness at that time. What about the pre-workout? supplementation uh, sure differ? so in this in this example yeah. too or in this example right so the pre-workout so that's that's a conversation in terms of what what can you do to kind of stack the bet ahead of time mm-hmm. and get all the stuff in that you might need I would say that uh, probably the older patient might benefit more from something like a branch chain amino acid okay so branch chain amino acids are leucine isoleucine and valine and they are They are some of the most critical ones in reducing muscle soreness. So Mm -hmm. I've noticed that in my older athletes, they tend to get more sore. I think when we're younger, our body can compensate for the, you know, the pressure that we're putting it under, but older people tend to get more sore from workouts. So the branch chain amino acids, if you take it before a workout, it's, you know, being absorbed. And I'm before I'm saying probably an hour before, because if you take something, it's not boom, immediately into your bloodstream. You've got to allow it to be, go down the digestive tract, pass across your intestinal villi and get absorbed into your bloodstream. So you got to take it at least an hour, maybe even two hours. But once you have higher levels of BCAAs in your bloodstream, now your body can uh, grab from that available pool of those things and uh, fill in the gaps when you have ripped muscle. So I would say older older patients probably would benefit from the BCAAs more. Uh, another to consider thing to consider with pre-workouts and also hedging our bets is, uh, you know, when people work out, you sweat, and when you sweat, right. if you ever licked the back of your hand, it's salty. You mm-hmm. know, you're losing salts, and salts we call them electrolytes, 
It's magnesium, potassium, calcium, with several different electrolytes that uh, are essential for basically running your body. And if you get depleted in electrolytes, you feel terrible. And uh, it's also going to contribute to um, you know soreness afterwards. So having some type of electrolyte mix. Now I will say this: more is not better with electrolytes. If you were to say eat a bunch of salt before your workout, you could actually dehydrate your tissues, right? And you would feel worse. Actually, a mutual client of ours this happened to. I've seen during yeah, yeah, a I marathon. I'm going to tell you, yeah, during the marathon, during a he marathon, overloaded himself. Our mutual client, yeah. he overloaded his electrolytes. Yeah. He did a double dose because he thought more is better. That's correct. Yeah. And more is not better. You, if you make a hypertonic solution of electrolytes, you will pull your own fluids out of your body. It's just, it's, it's osmosis. It's how water that's, flows. Yeah, that's great. And information. so electrolytes are great, so but true. but the dosing is is critical there. Um, so you know those. And then, and then having obviously with the BCAAs, uh, making sure you're having enough protein and electrolytes. I feel like that's the core that you want to have around in your system at the time of a workout, so that your body can efficiently kind of reconstruct muscle fibers, fully hydrate you, uh, inc- you know, allow blood to flow properly, uh, and remove waste products. So that's that's kind of the core. And then beyond that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other things that are out there that are popular that may or may not have some validity to them. With with these two examples of these two women, another consideration that you could uh, throw down would be something like creatine. No, so right. creatine, we don't really talk about creatine that much anymore, and there's actually fairly good research on creatine. And it, that's correct, but I I did some research. I actually did a paper on creatine. I was a few years ago for uh-huh. uh, for a blogger. And uh, it's very limited information that uh, people really understand the purpose of creatine. Mm-hmm. Everybody pops it, mm-hmm. you know, because they heard about it. That's what I need to do, especially when it comes to resistance training. Mm-hmm. I need some creatine. Without sure. that, I'm going to just be a mess. Sure. So I think that uh, let's talk facts. Let's yeah. talk about sure. creatine. Well, so creatine, uh, What the reason that people take creatine is that it helps regenerate ATP faster. ATP is adenosine triphosphate. That's mm-hmm. the, the base level, base packet of energy that our body uses to uh, you know, accomplish muscle movement or any kind of uh, physiologic process in the body usually requires ATP. So when we're working out, we can get very depleted in ATP. So regenerating that faster is obviously a value. So when they did a meta-analysis, so there's been creatine's been around for a while. When I was in college in the 90s, uh, or I guess not, yeah, in the 1990s, there was creatine was like the thing. It had just hit, and everyone was taking creatine, and it was all this mystique about it. Was it like steroids? Is it no? What it does is it increases the ATP. And when now that we've had enough research behind it, there was a meta-analysis that was done that showed that it does in fact increase lean muscle mass, and it increases your strength during training. So you can maybe bench a little bit more. So chest presses specifically and leg presses, you can do your, you have more strength during that. And it, and over time you will gain more lean muscle mass. So that's how, that's how it would work. I was just going to ask you, how does that work with uh, enhancing that lean? Yeah, it does. It does. And that's, and that's based off of, you know, 750, uh, individuals over a meta-analysis of 22 studies. So that's okay. a pretty good power. So I would say creatine, even though it doesn't quite have the same, 
you know, sexiness and it's not new, but it's it's tried and true. It right. actually does help. Is there such a thing as creatine that's just uh, bad and the creatine that's good, just like protein? Bad and you know, good? quality is quality king. Is I, king. I talk about this with patients when we talk about, say, when people ask me, is it, should I should I be vegetarian or should I eat meat? I'm like, well, if you're going to eat meat, it's not wrong, but quality is king. It's the same quality thing with supplements. Yeah. That if you have supplements that are extracted with, with toxic solvents or come from a really bad source or have you know been shipped from very far away and may maybe have been in heated trucks you know they, yeah, they, yeah. and so there are certain that's companies true. that i consider to be much more reputable when mm -hmm. it when it comes to supplementation that's a whole other conversation it's like quality yeah. of supplements obviously if you're getting something from walmart it may not be a super quality even gnc even though that's one of the older stores for vitamins i don't consider a lot of their stuff to be particularly high quality i don't think they're toxic but i think there's much better stuff on the market and usually is that the norm that you get what you pay for of course yeah for i part? mean yeah i mean you're you're usually going to pay more because for i the, can for get creatine stuff. a certain amount of creatine let's say for 1995 and then i can get the same amount for 50 and wow. some of that sometimes is marketing, you so know, you where think, they'll add yeah. they'll so, add one or two other things yeah. to it so that it seems to be a higher, higher, you know, efficacy. Because but, to me, creatine is creatine, no? I mean, it's just really The depends. substance is the substance. Sometimes, how yeah. long does it sit? What's the shipping like? All this shipping. Uh, yeah, all that right. stuff. And all that stuff matters, and it's a headache, and it's a pain in the butt, but it actually, it can matter. Yeah. And uh, I'm using this kind of an introductory uh, episode into... Uh, the points we have here mm -hmm. and uh, we can always just take a break after that you know and uh, I just like the fact that we uh, give people an idea about the the two biggest uh, misconceptions which I think one of them is creatine and the number two is where everybody gets confused is the protein mm -hmm. I mean it's a billion dollar business right sure the supplementation for mm -hmm. protein totally. you see the big guys with the guns and everything on the pictures mm -hmm. you know we uh, we can guess you and I can guess, but a lot of people probably know as well. They're doing a lot of other stuff oh, as sure. well than just, you know, do like yeah, four scoops every day. If you take a high quality protein supplement right. workout every day, you're not going to look like those guys. So protein again, uh, it would be safe to say there's, uh, uh, you get what you pay for. You do now less. again with protein, just like with eating any kind of, uh, you know, like like I said, the whole the whole analogy of eating meat if your right. meat is agro-industry meat it's toxic if you eat grass-fed grass-finished meat it's actually pretty good for you same thing with protein is that there's a wide variety of quality now the most common one that's out there is whey protein whey protein now whey protein is the cheapest it's widely available and there is some research on it that if you take whey protein not only is it a source of just protein and it might help you build muscle but it does increase a thing called glutathione in the body which is, is it the, the main most effective of the proteins when it comes to plant-based or, or milk or rice or anything see this is where That's this where is it where i right yeah i mean they're all they're all protein they're all different proportions of the amino acids in those proteins the thing that i tend to focus on is that I have a lot of people that come into my practice and I do food allergy testing on them. Right, okay. And I have a fair number of people that are just across the board dairy sensitive. So mm -hmm. even though you can get a thing that's you know considered to be whey protein isolate, 
I still feel like that's probably going to generate some amount of inflammation for somebody that has a dairy allergy. That's and so correct, yeah. you're tr- you're attempting to build your body up, but if you're inflaming it at the same time, you're hamstringing it. You're not going to actually get the same level of uh, effect that you're looking for. We're ending up at the same uh, uh, topic what we did the last time is mm-hmm. eventually if you're really serious about supplementation, just like food, mm-hmm. what's good for you and what's not good yeah, for you, right. a blood test would help. A blood to, test would uh, help a lot, especially in terms of these food-based products that we're talking yeah. about. Yep. So I, you know, it's, I think we're going to run into this uh, topic so many times that if you're really serious, anything you take uh, when it comes to uh, nutrition or supplementation, if you're really serious and you want to know what's good for you and what's not, you have to go to blood test. You don't sure. have a choice. Yeah, you, I, I feel like to really know, to take the guesswork out of it, you yeah. have to individualize it and you have to individualize it with hard data. And so that's where the food panel can come into play. That's where a micronutrient testing might come into play. It, yeah. And, you know, these other kind of cutting edge. Uh, the the, the uh, quick question, a lot of people are confused with, uh, for example, since we were protein, you know, quality, you know, it's uh, obviously that's a, an episode by itself. Mm-hmm. We could really... And mention a whole bunch of names, which would be funny. I do that when I get enough advertising money. Um, <laughs> a lot of people ask, when do I actually take the protein? You go to a, a nutritional supplementation store to tell you an hour before workout. Or some people say, no, you need to do it after workout. And some people say, well, it depends. It depends what you do. If you do cardio only, it's very different than if you do weight training. Is that... Well, yeah, I mean, with weight training, obviously, you're going to rip your muscle fibers a lot right. more, and you're going to have a higher requirement for the protein. So if you're weight training, then yeah, you you would definitely want to have some amount of protein around it. I hedge my would bets. Would you do it I before my or bets. after? I do both. Both. I'm, I'm okay. saying, you know, make a protein shake, drink half of it an hour before. Nice. After their workout, drink the other half. And you're, you're going to have a constant supply of these amino acids and proteins available for your body to fill in those those gaps in the muscle. What about uh, on the days you are not doing anything? I mean, Should I supplement protein or is it Yeah, I mean, look, recovery recovery from... doesn't happen in an instant. Right. If you work out, recovery is going to continue. If you rip up your muscle fibers, it's not that one day. Like Correct. if you if you yeah. do a hard workout, are you sore for just five minutes afterwards? Or if yeah. you do a hard workout, can you maybe be sore for days? That soreness exactly. is an indication that you've done some micro tears in your muscle fibers mm-hmm. and they need to be repaired. So I would I would have it as a, a part of your daily routine that you maybe have you know, a lot of times I recommend for patients just because it's easy and you don't have to think about it, you make a protein shake for breakfast. You, yeah. know, you make a protein shake for breakfast, you drink half of it, and you do your workout. And that's your routine. And even if the days that you don't do your workout, you still have your protein shake for breakfast. If you have too much, or not requirement, but if, if, I, have, if I have too much protein, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned something about your kidneys. Yeah, that's, that's and it's something that I actually, protein? I ended up asking my physiology teacher when I was in mm-hmm. medical school about this because it's something that we hear about that you know protein can potentially damage the kidney. So proteins all break down um, into you know nitrogenous waste products, and in people that have fragile kidneys, that can sometimes be a problem. So if you're in any kind of what we call renal insufficiency or kidney failure, we really have to watch those people with the protein intake just to make sure that that excess protein doesn't irritate or push their kidneys too far. The reality right. is in most healthy people. Uh, it's not probably a major problem, but if you're if you're taking 200 grams of protein a day, you're really doing your body that much good. So you know there's there's a point where you you max out and your body probably can't utilize that 
protein and it's just trying to then you know yeah it's, it's just white uh, noise in the system so yeah you know there's a fine line between having uh too little of something and then having too much right. where it becomes white noise what about the standard uh information out there that's available uh a gram of protein per pound of body weight yeah, there's different ways you can calculate it. I'd have to look up. I mean, what I learned in medical school may not be the the current medical thinking. Yeah. We revised yeah. medical, but there is actually an algorithm based off your weight, based off your age, what your protein intake should be to basically maintain you. But in terms of increasing muscle mass or recovery, that's not that's not an exact science. Yeah. It really depends on what is your body type. Are you a mesomorph, ectomorph, or that's you know, exactly what I think. Right. Are, yeah. Do you have a faster metabolism, slower metabolism? Are you doing harder workouts or or easier workouts? So it that's that's kind of the art of dosing these things. And to a certain extent, we just have to play with it and find what is that set point for each person. You have to play with it. So you are responsible to find out what's best for you. And I think, Doc, that's the reason why uh, our previous episode was so popular with the place. Uh, we, are, we are making a difference in people listening on the outside because everybody usually, if I get it, if I'm not in the business, there's a lot of followers out there. Mm. Whatever I hear, whatever you tell, I do. Whatever I see, I do. Monkey sure. see, monkey do. That's a bad example. But she know what I'm saying. Right. So I get that. That people just say, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to, you know, everybody has the whole stash of pills and the amount of protein. Every day, the same thing. Uh, because what they see from other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you forget to pay attention to you. What really do you need? Mm -hmm. Some people need more or less. Uh, you know, I have some people, you know, this is the day and age where supplements are kind of forefront in people's thinking and health and you see it all the time in stores. So I have some patients that come in, they're on like 20 or 25 supplements a day and I will work with them to pare it down to what I think they actually need because I think that it is creating some white noise in their system. Their body has mm -hmm. to work to break it down. Your liver has to process these things and are they actually adding health to your system or are they just occupying your body when you take all those supplementations uh, let's say you have 10 different brands mm -hmm. uh, from doesn't matter from creatine to protein and then to this uh, amino acids right if you put it all together in one so is the body smart enough to just take each one whatever it needs out of this whole bucket of a mess or could that turn into something that's just not good sure i would you say i would say, say most of the cases your body is smart enough because uh -huh. if all these substances they're they're in a sense mimicking like a high quality meal you know if you had a really high okay. quality meal it's got protein it's got b12 it's got vitamin c it's got all these things your body is designed to break things down and build them back up again on the other side now there's certain substances that doesn't work for for instance, if you take uh, glutamine powder. So glutamine is another uh, supplement that people take for muscle building and recovery. The reason they take it is that your muscle is 60%, uh, made up 60% of the amino acid glutamine. So mm -hmm. it is important for uh, muscle building. The problem is, is that if you were to take glutamine powder and eat a meal at the same time, that glutamine basically gets diluted by the, the, the protein in the meal that you're, you're taking in and doesn't, may not have the same effect. Um, so a lot of times we, we, we have people take glutamine on an empty stomach and then you know you're getting the glutamine in unaltered, you know, as, as it is, 
uh, and it's going to have a physiologic effect. So things like glutamine or certain certain antioxidants, like there's a thing called glutathione. So glutathione is a tripeptide. There's three amino acids stuck together, and it's a great antioxidant, and we use it all the time. But if you uh, if you if you, unless you have certain forms of glutathione, the body's designed again to break things down before it absorbs them. So I want if I want that tripeptide to stay stuck together, I have to put it in a certain form right. or or add a certain coating on it or do IV. Otherwise, your body's just going to disassemble it. If I give you a you know if I give you a um, a house that had a house fire in it, and I said, okay, take take the parts of that house and build a new house. You have to take all the bricks apart. You're not just going to transfer you know sections over. You need to to break it down before you can build it back up again. So that's what your body's designed to do. So certain things you do need to take in isolation. A lot of other things they can be taken in combination, and I think they're not going to conflict. Your body is intelligent, knows what to do with them. That's a great intro. I think uh, before we wind uh, the introduction to to an end, uh, four quick questions sure. in a row. Uh, protein. Does it matter if I take it in an empty stomach or a full stomach? Extra supplementation. Uh, if you're just taking protein to to help you know build muscle, it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't should, matter. It shouldn't matter. Creatine. Creatine. Uh, from what I understand, that's better on an empty stomach. Okay. Any uh, supplementation that is performance enhancing? Now, gray area, we're not going to get into that. Yeah, sure. Is it uh, uh, because uh, the reason I ask, there's so many supplements out there that tell you only on an empty stomach or bomb, bomb, bomb. And uh, I think there's a lot of conflicting information out there. Mm -hmm. What is the main uh, reason for all this? Empty or not empty stomach, is it because it's too hard on your stomach or or how your body absorbs? Some things it might be too hard on the stomach. Uh, Zinc is one in in particular that we usually recommend taking zinc with food because if you don't take it, uh, if you take it on an empty stomach, it's irritating and some people feel nauseous. B vitamins can be that way too. If you take a B complex on an empty stomach, some people don't feel well. So sometimes it's just how how your body you know reacts to it got it uh, other times it's an actual absorption issue mm-hmm. where these things really need to be taken in isolation or else they don't get in in the right form that we want them in so that was the introduction into a supplementation that uh, part two will be uh, you can see if a list here mm. and i uh, really want to just write bullet points make it easy uh-huh. for everybody to understand because the biggest problem i think people have is Standing there is like, uh, what do I do mm-hmm. before, after? What do I do next? Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. And for the majority of people, everybody goes online and Googles it or they follow what the label says on the supplementation, mm-hmm. which is sometimes does not make sense at all. Sure. You know, and sometimes somebody really gets uh, smart enough to say, you know, I'm going to ask uh, Dr. McAllister, mm-hmm. which I think would be... That's how you should be able to sleep at night, to ask somebody who really knows what sure. they're talking about. Yep. So that's going to be our next one, part two, and uh, that's it. So everybody enjoyed part one. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Fit Facts. And remember, if it doesn't make sense, ask questions.